0: Sports talk where your
1: voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Coming up in this hour, Andrew Callahan, 24 7 Sports, and Brandon Quinn, who covers both Michigan and Michigan State joining us on the show today to preview tonight's game between Penn State and Michigan at the Jordan Center. 7 o'clock, the tip-off, and 6.30, the airtime. I have an entire explanation on my screen here about two women winning cross-country. That's great. Okay. Uh, Let's... uh, Okay, it's nice. It's a big game tonight. Uh, Time now for the play-by-play call of the day. So close for the U.S. on so many occasions. Now moving up on the inside They're com- into the second place. They're all completely gassed. They've given it everything on the global box. And it's Nelson leading Jesse Diggins into the final turn. Can Diggins answer? As the roars look. in pionce sweden the us and norway coming to the line here comes diggins, here On the comes outside, diggins! diggins making the play around sweden jesse yes! diggins yes! to the line yes! and it is yes! jesse diggins no! delivering
2: a landmark no! moment that will be etched in u.s olympic history
1: well, if I do that tonight, they should fire me. All right. Uh, Chad Salmelo uh, with the call on NBC last night. Wow. Um, first time it's ever happened for the women that they received a cross country medal. Uh, I believe Billy Coke in 7611 in Innsbruck, a silver, I think, in cross country out of Vermont. You would be correct. Correctly. Yes. Oh, God, you're on the show.
2: All right. Wonderful to chat with you.
1: We're not talking about that. No, uh, that's
2: fine, but I just thought that was a really – it was it was the most exciting call I've ever heard of cross-country.
1: I'm sure it probably is. Uh, you know, uh, it's not what you call a big action sport, but that's all right. That, that was like, why it was funny. I mean, that's, that's why like, it was what it was. Kind of like Formula One. Once you get the lead, you never <laughs> – Game I mean, over. You're talking, you know, after the first lap, the order is determined. Uh, I've watched so much cross country at this Olympics. I'm like, please. Every really? time I turn around, it's the only thing that's on when I turn it wow.
2: in. yeah, it's the only thing they run during the day. Yeah.
1: See, I mean, uh, it's a, a last two weekends. You know, because I've been traveling, you know, in, in evening games and things like that. I haven't. I've watched very little of the Olympics. I mean, yeah, I've watched Lindsey Vonn's third place run last night. Um. Does that mean Penn State football gets a silver for the? See, no, it's not how it works. I,
2: I don't think it works that way in that sport.
1: Okay, yeah, it's, it's the way it is in most sports. Uh, okay.
2: Although okay. I was disappointed that Al Troutwig was not on that call of cross country, and we and the U.S. finally gets a medal.
1: Never gave it any thought. All right, uh, Andrew Callahan, twenty-four-seven sports. Penn State's got a big game tonight. They've got Michigan in the Jordan Center. This will be a 7 o'clock tip tonight. I'm beginning at 6.30. Can't really worry about pundits. Can't really worry at all when it comes to uh, uh, projections. Your job is just to go out and keep winning. Andrew, welcome. It's uh, great to have you with us.
0: I'm doing very well. I feel like I'm very far away from my worst performance ever. So nothing like those 96
1: Sixers. That's okay. I might be a couple of hours away from it. So, all
0: right. Uh,
1: <laughs> let's uh, let's let's uh, get into the uh, the pre- Uh When you broke down the tape of that, what were some pros and cons you saw in it?
0: Uh, a lot of pros. Uh, I think you have to start with the bench. You know, Mike Watkins was the big key going into that game. He got a team with two quality seven-footers. You need him to be able to battle down low. Of course, he can't go the first four minutes without hitting the bench misses the rest of the first half. Almost the same script as falls for the second, but they're there. They even go down 11 in the second half, and that's because of guys like Julian Moore. I thought Satchel Pierce played his best game, um, and Naz Bostic and Jamari Wheeler were right there, so that's the biggest pro. Khan is obviously you'd like to take a take a lead sometimes in the second half and produce an excellent team inside and out, particularly in the offensive end, uh, but they just couldn't push and get ahead, and I think you probably attribute that to free throw shooting, because Purdue left the door on their own from the charity stripe, but they were also kind of in the low 60s there.
1: Yeah, um, when you looked at the play of, of Julio, I mean, it's, it's senior night for him coming up tonight. Why has he been effective this year in his
0: role? Well, I think it's just been a steady improvement over the last couple of games. I mean, he's a guy who, who regardless of his previous performance, I think goes out there and is a max effort guy. His, one of his greatest strengths has just been being available for this team. I mean, he's never in the training room. He's never banged up. He'll give you at least, you know, eight to ten minutes per night. And they love him in those pick-and-roll situations. So I think when you play the teams that Penn State has of late, that strength comes into play quite often for more when he's on the floor. And you also look at Mike Watkins. I mean, he has not been the best at keeping out of foul trouble as of late. So naturally, it's going to give him more minutes. So, you know, he's just a guy that persists, which is naturally going to bring about a good thing for you. But his skill set, mostly, again, that pick-and-roll defense has been a real asset for Penn State when they needed it as of late.
1: First couple of years, Shep Garner here had to play the point. Last year, I thought he, had, he did not adjust really that well to playing off the ball. Why is he better at it this year?
0: Well, I think his, his role has been reduced almost, and not so much in a negative way, but, you know, you look at his, his shot percentage, three-point percentage, you know, three-pointers versus his entire shot total. I mean, it's well above 75%. So he's a guy where you know he's just going to dive into the corners, kind of like we saw Peyton Banks a year ago, and that's because they can afford, you know, to give room to Tony and Lamar Stevens, who are now, as both last year, more adept off the dribble in the mid-range that can handle the offensive load. So for him, he's been able to just focus on that three-point shooting, getting some space for himself, attack when need be. But there's not as much on his plate because the younger guys have been able to take some of it off of it. All
1: right, so now you talk about the bench. Nazir Bostic, what are you seeing? He only he didn't play in a lot of games last year because he got hurt and he had to miss the end of last season. So in a lot of ways, he's had to break himself back in this year to playing the game again full-time.
0: What do you see in this you know, I always look at Nas Bostic and, and kind of wait around for a really big rebound in a big spot. We saw this against Purdue. We saw it in his best game last year when they had with at home. Uh, one of their best wins of the season. And it's become quieter because it's become more routine, which for me, you know, points to that consistency that you're always looking at a young player. So now it's gone from, you know, the big rebounds that you've been getting as of late, you know, a key bucket here or there. We just talked about Sheb Garner kind of being in the corner for threes. He'll be there in the same spot and able to knock him down. And, you know, you might have an air ball here or there, but he's just slowly been able to add to his game, which was really rooted in kind of defense and toughness and that one key rebound. And it's expanded offensively. But, you know, the way they've needed him has really been on the defensive end still. And I think his length you know, provides a good supplement to guys like Jamari Wheeler, who is so good, but primarily a guy you're gonna have in the point guard. I mean now he'd be comfortable putting on a one through three. So having that versatility and his game naturally growing um has really helped Penn State, you know, in these last uh, six of eight games.
1: All right. Uh Michigan's a team that come in comes in. Good offense as always that's why I think they're a tough out when it comes to the NCAA tournament because when you have to go through a quick changeover to get ready for that offense it's not easy for teams that have never seen it before. Um, When you look at them what are some things about Michigan that impresses you right away?
0: Well, I mean, it's definitely, I uh, said offensively, and I start, think that starts inside with Wagner. I mean, he's foot 11, he can shoot the three, and there are other three point shooters around him. Um, so it, he's just an individual matchup that's tough. They also don't trip ball over. They're the second best team in Division All One right. in terms of steals um, that, that opponents are able to pick pockets from, and then their top 10 and turnover rate. So when they're not giving the ball away, that's naturally just going to give them more shot opportunities, which again, when you've got guys who can hit from the outside and a 6'11 center who's the center of your offense you know on the inside that's just really difficult to navigate and defend for 40 minutes so i would start there i mean they're not a great offensive rebounding team um so i think penn state will have opportunities to count on that and leak out and get in transition but you know you you got to before that happens and the rebound is available you really got to make them work for 30 seconds because there are so many different options that they have
1: they also don't foul a lot they only average uh, 15 personals a game Uh, that's a tough team to play against, but they don't, you know, at the free throw line they only get fourteen percent of their points at the free throw line, so it's a really interesting dynamic with this team.
0: It is too, and I think if you know if you're Penn State, I think everyone's expecting a big crowd. You know, they're favored by about two and a half to three and a half points, depending on where you look. Even if Michigan gets ahead, I look at this team, which has you know, been much worse on the road than it has been at home, and they don't shoot free throws well. I mean, they're in the bottom 15 in Division One in free throw percentage. So if Penn State needs a comeback, I think they'll be able to get there because you're going afford to foul Michigan, collect a miss, and then, again, kind of put the pressure on down the stretch where you've got this big crowd at your back. So it's a good team. I think they stick to their strengths, and they're balanced enough. Well, like you said, from time, they're a tough out. But, you know, if you're able to play their game to an extent, not turn the ball over, not give up easy buckets, and you're at home against them, I think ultimately you win now.
1: Uh, Tony Carr, uh, what have been your thoughts watching him the last five weeks?
0: He's just in command. I mean, we've talked before about his, you know, decision making and shot versus pass, and I think kind of the four shrinks for him down the stretch when you've got guys like Mike Watkins, who we discussed earlier, avoiding foul trouble and. You know, if anyone, if Jeff Garner or Lamar Stevens goes to the bench, you lose some shooting. But, you know, he, he's, he took over the Big Ten lead in terms of scoring average, and, and it's just he kills you in so many ways. So I think, you know, the number one word for coaches now at this point is when Penn State spreads the floor and goes isolation because, you know, as he can hit from the outside. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. But he's also, of course, as he did a year ago, has that post presence. as a guy who's about 6'4", you know, he's got a physical – you know, weight advantage in addition to that height over smaller guards will take you into the post. So, you know, that's something that down the stretch in a close game, you, you only don't want, a, you know, physical mismatch. But you also don't want one of the better point guards and decision-makers in the Big Ten with a ball in hand working just one-on-one because most of those times you're going to lose.
1: What did you think about the uh, Louisville's, uh, the sanction put on them, their appeal was denied, stripped of 123 wins, two Final Fours in the National championship.
0: You know, I'm never one to support vacating wins. I I think it's it's frankly just a a stupid way to go about things. Those games happened. There was a winner... There was a loser in Michigan now, and that national championship year is not the replacement national champion. However, I think considering everything that occurred, you know, this most strict punishment possible, which is what they received, and appeal was denied, was appropriate. So, in that respect, I think the NCAA did what it always has, and I think the situation was right. Uh, If there was a way to go about this other than quote vacating wins, which we all knew happened, we all watched them, and it occurred. um, You know, then that that's what I would support. But for now, I think you know the punishment largely outside of that fit the crime.
1: The only part that I don't like, and it may be because attorneys said don't talk to them, is that they never talked to Andre McGee, uh, and they admit they never talked to Andre McGee. Now, they may have gone in, Andrew, and talked to him and then walked out and went, how about that one? Uh, or they may have gone on in there and said, you know, we need to ask other questions. Uh, that's the only part I didn't like about But again, McGee may have been advised by attorneys not to talk to them, so I don't know that.
0: Right, yeah, and I think with the NTA in particular, I mean, you know, whether it's this investigation or prior one, the lack of subpoena power that they have, I think, really hurts them. Right. Now, that being said, they're also able to pass the sentence in addition to the information that they are able to, to garner so they don't necessarily need to meet, you know, a standard of evidence um, that you might see in a court because, again, they get to make the investigation and then the final decision. So they have that power, but, you know, if, if he's not willing to speak, he won't. Um, but, again, you know, sometimes silence is a little bit more telling.
1: Yeah, sometimes it is. Thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate it. We'll see you at the game
0: tonight. Sounds good. Have a great one, Steve.
1: That's Andrew Callahan, 24-7 Sports. Brendan Quinn coming up to talk about Michigan and also about a little bit about the Michigan State investigation. We'll talk with him in the next half hour. Meanwhile, uh, some good news for the United States Olympic team. Evidently, they've been able and allowed to apply for disaster relief funds. We'll come back with more in a moment. What? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, down the stretch of the basketball season. And Penn State will play Michigan tonight. So. 7 o'clock in the Jordan Center tonight. We're on beginning at 6.30. And then what? you got a playoff uh, Friday night, right?
2: Yeah, Friday night's the uh, district four opener, at least for Shikolimi and for Mifflinburg at Mifflinburg. 7 o'clock tip-off. Six forty airtime Friday night.
1: All right. Should be a good matchup.
2: Yeah, they already had one game in the Quad A wrap up last night. That was uh Mifflinburg beating Columbia Montor Tech. So or I'm sorry, yeah, Jersey Shore beating Columbia Montor Tech. So Jersey Shore will play at Danville on Friday night, although the time is not officially set. So that'll be your one eight matchup.
1: Right. So there you go. Uh, that That's uh, going to be the the matchups in high school basketball coming up. And then, um, and of course, uh, for Nittany Line basketball, again, they keep winning. Bucknell, of course, down the stretch, they've wrapped up the number one seed, but they want to keep playing well. So they want to finish out. They know that if they play, when they do play a Patriot League postseason game, it's going to be at Soika. And they need a well-timed three-game winning streak. It's a one-bid league. That's just the way it is. Um, it's not like we're the Big Twelve, where they're saying, "Hey, we might get eight. And You're like going eight. The Big Twelve might get eight. Well, I'm looking who the eighth-place team is. Oklahoma. They've lost six in a row. Really? I mean that. I mean that's charging down the stretch. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but Penn State has to take care of its own business. And they play tonight, senior night for Julian Moore. Shep Garner in the Jordan Center at 7, 6.30 the airtime. We heard from Andrew Callahan. We're going to shift gears to the Michigan side of it with Brendan Quinn in the next half hour. Uh, also a lot going on. Uh, Mike is going to host a conference call coming up on Monday in the NFL draft. I think mean, that's going to be fascinating. Uh, we're going to try and tap into that uh, on Monday, get a few comments out of that, because I think you know, when he talks NFL draft, it's better than anybody out there. And uh, you see Tepper, the uh, Steelers, uh, one of the Steelers' owners, one of the minority owners, he owns 5% of the team. See, I think everybody thinks the Roonies own the team. The Roonies don't own the team. The Roonies own about 30% of the team. Uh uh, the other 70% is spread out. Well, Tepper wants to buy the Carolina Panthers now. And he's put in a bid for that. I mean, he's, you know, he made a lot of money in hedge funds. Uh, and he wants to now take that money and he wants to own himself a team. And that is uh that will be interesting to see if that play how that plays out. So what's on the Olympic docket tonight? I mean, I won't watch it, but I mean, what's... I mean, because I've got a game tonight, so, I mean, what's, what's tonight? Uh,
2: should be the finals of women's bobsled.
1: Uh, oh, didn't, didn't Atlanta Myers get a silver? That's already determined, Oh, did right? they already
2: finish? It? See, I haven't seen it yet. Thanks I think for, she got a... Thanks for ruining it for me now.
1: <laughs> fuck! they <laughs> ran. They ran it, for goodness sake. <laughs> last time I checked, we're not getting any checks from NBC. It's not my job <laughs> to protect them. <laughs> Well, that'll be on tonight. I'll put it
2: that way. Uh, the women, women uh, the the big one is the women's hockey game, uh, the U.S. and Canada. Oh, oh okay. That'll be wa- That'll be worth watching. See, I stayed up last night to watch the men's game uh, against the Czech, uh, the Czech Republic. I, I I made it to the third period and then I was out. And man, did I miss the re- whole game there! Third period, extra. Then they went overtime and then a shootout, and I missed the whole thing.
1: What time did this start?
2: Uh well let's see. I, I finally the end of the second period I think was just around twelve thirty. That was about it was, it was between twelve and twelve thirty, I think was the end of the second period.
1: That was long gone. Yeah.
2: I try listen, this these two weeks, I really lack sleep in these two weeks. I need I need a couple of weeks to recover afterwards.
1: No, I've slept pretty well. Uh so yeah. No big deal.
2: And is tonight? I think tonight is the women's women's combine.
1: Yes, it is.
2: Yeah, I think that's tonight with Schifrin and with uh, Lindsey Vaughn. NBC and hoping a, that both and, of them will medal.
1: And a whole bunch of others.
2: Yeah. How about how about the uh, the super? Was it the Super G the other day? NBC breaks away and says, "Okay, this is where it's going to be." About ten minutes later, they jump back because there's this snowboarder. That comes out of nowhere and like even surprises herself and uh, wins the gold medal.
1: No, they didn't <laughs> jump back in ten minutes. It took a lot longer than that, and it it, it was. I mean, look, they, look, they flat out missed it. Okay? Oh, they
2: did, and and they kind and they really took you know they they took it in stride. They said, "Listen, we didn't expect anybody else to be this good." And, matter of fact, they didn't even. If you looked at the graphics. NBC didn't even use the English graphics. This was all Olympic Broadcasting uh, Service. This was all OBS graphics because it was all in metric. So that's why you knew that NBC really wasn't rolling anything on this. So they they had to use the OBS feed.
1: Yeah, I thought that went really well. But the sets are really nice.
2: The what? The sets. Tariko set is really a sweet-looking set. I realize most of it is all graphic, but it's well-designed. It's a green screen. So NBC's not all of it. Most of it is. But NBC's got that going for them. Yeah. I'm being sarcastic.
1: There might be 12,000 at the Jordan Center tonight. I don't think they're watching the Olympics. Nope. They will
2: not have the app on.
1: Next half hour, Brendan Quinn talk about Michigan. We'll also get in a little bit of what's going on at Michigan State because I don't think anybody's covered it better than Brendan Quinn has. Smart, objective facts. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Tonight, Penn State takes on Michigan Brandon Quinn in just a few minutes. We'll talk with him. Get what he thinks about Michigan. He's covered both Michigan and Michigan State this year. I want to also get into the Michigan State situation, which has been a little quiet the last couple of weeks. Uh, But Brendan has covered it as well and as professionally as anybody out there. So I want to get a, a question or two with him about that, beyond talking to him about Michigan basketball. And we'll do that in just a few moments. Seven o'clock tonight, six thirty. The airtime. Indiana lost at Nebraska last night, so Penn State enters tonight's game in sole possession of sixth in the Big Ten. Uh, So, uh, and it's opposite the Olympics tonight. So BTN isn't that worried.
2: Or you could do what I do and you know listen to it on WKOK.com. You'll be able to hear it as well on the app.
1: I'll be at the game.
2: No, I mean yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll be listening to the game on the app
1: while watching the Olympics.
2: Yeah, I'll have the sound down on the Olympics. Trust me, I could watch the Olympics with the sound down and still know what's going on.
1: Do they have kayaking?
2: Wrong game. That that'll be in two years.
1: I mean, like like in a frozen river, like they're not moving.
2: I don't. I haven't seen that's that one yet.
1: I've you seen a, a lot of
2: X Games sports, the- but not that one.
1: Thank goodness for that. That has saved the U.S. bacon.
2: Yeah, it sure has.
1: Because all the traditional stuff hasn't been really that great. So, eh, It's a young team in a lot of ways. And when you're still relying on 31-year-old Sean White and 33-year-old Lindsey Vaughn um, to deliver... Uh, there's a transitionary in there somewhere that they haven't been able to somehow find. I mean, that's you have some really young competitors, you have some older competitors, but Nathan Chen's 18, Adam Rapons 28, so he's probably not going to go back to the Olympics, but he doesn't do any quads anyway, so in today's world, that's not going to get you, you know, it, it'll get you artistic points, but it's not going to get you any medals. If you don't do any quads today, you just can't medal. Um... So it's it's uh, been uh, a hard slog for NBC on this one because the Americans have not delivered the way I think they hoped they would. Plus, there was a backup in the schedule.
2: You know, well that that was actually a real big killer for their for the broadcast because all uh, most of those events that you're seeing now on the downhills and all the alpines should have been done by now.
1: KNBC in Los Angeles which is their number two affiliate, broke away to show a car chase in Los Angeles last night. But that's not good. That's, that's not good. And I'm not joking about that. They broke away to show a car chase. Now, evidently it was a spectacular one, but still. that's. I think they cut in when they were doing the cross-country deal there. West Coast didn't see it. All right. Uh, We uh, will bring in Brendan Quinn now. Quinny, it's great to hear from you. Welcome to the show. I'm wonderful, Steve. How are you, sir? Doing well. Doing very well. Uh, I'll start with Michigan, then I'll get into a couple of other quick things. When you've watched Michigan, especially the last three weeks, what have been some of the common threads as to why John Beeline's team's having the success it is?
3: Uh, Well, it's actually, uh, I guess, Thematically, it would be stuff that probably your average fan would not expect. Um, this is kind of a different Michigan team. Um, it is it is talented. There are there are familiar names: Mo Wagner, Muhammad Ali, Abdul Rockman, Duncan Robinson. Um, but this is a team that is kind of finding a way to win games, doing just enough offensively. It gets you know gets hot here and there, but it's a team that's very steady defensively, which is not something you're probably used to hearing. But uh, Michigan ranks top twenty in the country in uh, defensive efficiency. You know, they still play very low possession games, so they have you know way to be high, highly efficient on offense and shoot you know threes in in uh, around forty percent of the team and kind of win those low possession games that way. Right now, they are doing enough offensively and winning defensively. So kind of flipping the scripts. Uh, I think they're, they're shooting like 35% as the team on threes. It's not, it's not what, what Penn State fans will be used to seeing in terms of their games against Michigan probably in the last you know, 10 years or so uh, under John B. Line.
1: Xavier Simpson, I watch him play, and I, I think he's probably fifty percent better than he was last year. He's, you know, he's had had big shoes to fill. He stepped in, and he's done a good job. But how does John Beeline handle the last couple of minutes of a close game with him out there because of the free throws?
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of the million dollar question right now, and I don't think it's entirely answered um, right now. It is still leaving out there and hope he figures it out. John's not going to get to a point in mid February where he's going to just start yanking his point guard and, and say he can't do it. Um, you know, it, it, David Simpson's a totally reasonable free throw shooter. It's just right now it's between the years, and he's he, you know at some point he's going to start hitting them. He just, it, it doesn't matter if it happens now or next year. So you know, right now he's not just pulling in or, or giving up on it. Um, but in terms of David as a player, yeah, he's coming along nicely. Uh, you know, he's not a guy. He's not Derek Walton. Um, he is not going to be a primary offensive option, but he's doing very well to set the table. He is—he ranks 11th in the country in assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, he, he is efficient. He gets them into the offense. He's—he's he, starting to be that point guard who knows where the ball needs to go and knows that it's his job to do that. Um, you know, a lot of times before he would try to pass everything into a minute. This is a guy who scores upwards of 50 points and 60 points in high school games. He was used for basketball in Ohio. He was a guy who, who kind of had this dominant offensive repertoire at the high school level. Um, but that's not that's not him at the college level, and that's really not what Michigan needs him to be. Um, they, they they have scores in in Charles Matthews and Mo Wagner and, and Muhammad Ali Abdul-Rachman, uh, Duncan Robinson, and then Jordan Poole off the bench through really the emergency as a pretty serious contributor here. Um, and Xavier's, Xavier kind of figured out, I think, who he needs to be. And that's, I mean, if you watch college basketball enough, especially underclassmen, that's typically the biggest thing that needs to happen with, with a point guard.
1: Rockman's out of Allentown, uh, went to Michigan, yeah. highly thought of, uh, has had a good career. But what has made his senior season just a little bit different than his other three? You
3: know, Muhammad is, is a Quiet, this guy. He's not a guy who's going to show a lot of um, emotion on the court. He's not give me the ball and get out of my way, and I'm the man, and all this stuff. And I do little, little by little. I think some of that is creeping into kind of his psyche as a senior, and he's getting there. I don't think he's going to be the guy. I don't think he's going to be Derek Walton last year when like he kind of just said, you know screw it on doing this thing and, and everything came together for him is yeah, that that's not quite this but um you know I, I think it's it's a guy who's played more than anything i think it's a guy who's played a lot of games and knows what he's doing he's played 132 college basketball games he has played over 30 minutes in 80 of those games um no, i mean he's a veteran and and he he can get the ball and when everyone else is looking around, he, he kind of knows where he's going. So maybe that's more than, you know, him getting some dog in him. I, I, I do think it's a guy who's always been talented and is, you know, he's one of the leaders of this team and they, they need him to score and they need him to be be the guy. So they're going to put him in position to do so. John said um, earlier this week or last week, like, they kind of got into the big season and realized that they didn't have that much stuff in the offense that was directed toward him. A lot of his stuff over the years has been residual. Um, And he said, you know, well, this is one of our guys, and they started to kind of draw some of that up. So by a combination of those three things.
1: Uh, Mo Wagner in uh, the modern game is kind of a big guy you love to have. When you watch him play, where does he continue to get better?
3: Uh, Rebounding is number one. Uh, He gets his hands on rebounds and loose balls um, more so than he ever has in his career. Um, and defensively, I mean, he is not a lockdown defender by any means, but he can play without fouling. Um, he is less prone to being lost. Um, I mean, he, he's always been such a high skill guy offensively that, yep. like, if you want to get into where he's defensively, we're going to kind of get deep into minutia, but – the, the the overriding thing is he can stay on the court because he's not committing as many dumb fouls, and he's more physical. I mean, he's probably put on 25 pounds in, in the three years he's been there, and he knows how to play with his weight. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who kind of put on pounds but never knew how to wear it um, for a lot of last year, and he would still get bumped around, and they kind of told him, like, you're 245 pounds. Anchor your feet and stand there, you know? Yeah. so it's been a lot of that. He's becoming a man. He's 21 years old,
1: and he's a there. Just to shift gears for a moment, I, there, are, I can't think of anybody else that's done a better job of a more even-handed job when it comes to what has happened at Michigan State. I mean, how you've, I mean, how you've handled the information you've put, as you've put out has been direct, straightforward, so people can understand it. There's been obviously, Thank you. co- you're welcome, and it's well deserved. Dick and I, you know, Dick and I have both have both told you that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a, quote, lull, it seems, in the information flow w- with Michigan State. Do you expect the lull con- to to continue, or based on what you know, is there more that's going to become public?
3: Um, in terms of, we're on, let's say, February 21, um, that's hard to say um, because because a lot of it is Going to be dependent on when uh, FOIA requests are fulfilled by both uh, the City of East Lansing and the University. Um, both parties have been deluged with uh, Freedom of Information Act requests for for documents, for correspondences, and it's always a guessing game. As you know, um, people at Penn State understand exactly what I'm talking about when, when it comes to you know universities, especially releasing information, and it's kind of a it and wait and see, and and when is it going to drop? Um, But in terms of new information or or new reports of things, um, you know, like anything else I've heard, various things that that could be, um, if I had to bet on it, I would say more likely than not, they get through the end of the year without, you know, a a bombshell of any kind coming down, or if it is going to happen, it, it being... You know, in the very immediate future, Um, certainly there will be news day to day uh, because this thing is very political. Uh, It is very complicated in the sense that the the biggest issue that is kind of overriding in terms of people's confusion in this is that you have one case that is the overriding case, and that is Larry Nassar. Right. And the monstrous monstrous things that 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 man did and it is a bit convoluted with some of ESPN's reporting on uh, the Michigan State Athletic Department when it comes to men's basketball and football you know that ESPN made the out made the, the the editorial decision to present those things together now if you want to argue that or say the validity of that it's a totally different conversation but in terms of what we're talking here the two things have kind of intertwined a little bit. And now when, when news drops on one, people are maybe tying it to the other. Or when Tom Bizzo was up there saying, we're thinking of the survivors, it can sound like, wait, which survivors? What are we talking about here? Right. You know, and, and so it's really, really complicated. And uh, I don't know. I mean, because the thing is, there, there's going to be, more information coming out from the athletic department. The school is kind of rebuilding itself. They named a, a former Republican governor as the acting president, and he is filling positions throughout the university with political-type appointments. The, the, the academic side of things, they're all up in arms. The thing is a mess. Um, and that's kind of where it stands. It's like for, for on the basketball side of things, they are I wouldn't say they're kind of tunnel vision, but that they are... <laughs> trying to trying to move in a straight line at this point.
1: Yeah, Brendan, thanks so much. Appreciate the time, the insight, and look forward to seeing you tonight.
3: Look forward to seeing you always, Steve.
1: Thanks, man. Brendan Quinn, real pros, pro. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes Eleven and Fifteen in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Thanks to uh, Neil Coulong today, Rob Beer, Temple, Andrew Callahan, twenty four seven Sports, and Brendan Quinn, who got us up to date on what's going on with Michigan, and that game is at seven o'clock tonight. Six thirty will be the airtime. Michigan is, I think, I think everyone concedes, safely into the tournament. They would be one of four Big Ten schools that really should feel confident they're going to make it. Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue. Michigan Penn State is a team that Needs to keep winning Whether they win enough I don't know But they need to keep winning And they're going after their 20th win of the season tonight Trying to get their 10th conference win of the year In uh, the home finale The regular season home finale And the last uh, regular season home game For Shep Garner And for Julian Moore In the Jordan Center Tonight uh not really sure how pat wants to handle it uh tonight because when they just went in, in you know, i you know, I went to shoot around earlier today and shoot around he, they just went with the regular starting lineup at shoot around so you know and now i don't know if, if you know if he'll start julian I, I don't know what he wants to do with it. that's that's going to be his call as to how he wants to handle it uh let's see So you're saying that the Olympics today was a great day today, right? Well,
2: one of the better days, yeah. Uh, At this point, it looks like four medals so far.
1: I thought you said there was four gold medals.
2: No, I didn't say there were four gold medals. I said four medals
1: so far. In the break, you said four gold medals.
2: I think you heard what you wanted to hear.
1: No, I didn't really have any agendas to what I I I wanted to hear. I really
2: wasn't listening to anything you were saying in the Uh, first place. (laughs)
1: Let's see here. What do we got here? Uh, let's see. U.S. wins first gold cross country. Are you counting those two together?
2: No, that was the gold today. Okay. I think it's a gold.
1: Uh, curler's curler's doping case to be heard Thursday. I can't wait.
2: That's the Germany. OAR.
1: Germany wins bobsled. Americans get silver.
2: Stop! Now, now you took that part away from me. Now. What? Well, you told me they won silver earlier. Now you told me who won the gold. Why don't you just tell me who won the bronze, and I wanted to watch it tonight?
1: It was very close, if it makes you feel better. Not really. Canada Canada got the bronze, by the way.
2: All right, now I can skip that. I'll just fast-forward through that.
1: So that's... And by the way, uh, Alana Myers-Taylor, by the way, uh, evidently drove brilliantly. So getting a silver, I mean, they, she couldn't have driven any well, any better, I guess. She could not have driven any better, they say. So good for her. Uh, That's a, her first
2: bobsled medal of the year, too, or of the Olympics.
1: Can, yeah, well, it's because it stayed in the track. Uh, let's see. A Canadian won ski cross.
2: Oh, you got to stop reading this stuff.
1: Brady IB I haven't gone over and read any of the stuff. I couldn't even, I was on the ESPN thing here, and I finally figured out where it was. Oh, this isn't good. Oh. Ooh, that's a sordid story. Ooh, wow. Let's get back to the Russian doping thing. That was pretty good.
2: <laughs> you, want to take a, you want to take a guess at how many snowboarding medals the United States has?
1: What, the United States, I want to say, has 16 medals altogether? Yeah. I'm going to say seven are in snowboarding.
2: You're close. Five. Four gold and a bronze. That's coming into tonight's uh
1: So, four, f- so four of the six gold medals are in snowboarding.
2: That is, that is correct. The other two are in yeah, cross-country yeah, and alpine thank, skiing.
1: Thank goodness for Woodward, man. Woodward is saving us. X Games, saving us. That's very true. That we should put more X Games in because, like, the traditional stuff... We're right back to 1968 in Grenoble. We got one medal, one gold medal that year, Peggy Fleming.
2: Was that the Peggy Fleming? I was wondering if that was the Peggy Fleming year.
1: Yes, it is. You know, though, that
2: tonight there is a chance with the uh, free- with the uh, freestyle skiing halfpipe. Right? I think it's freestyle skiing halfpipe is what they call it. Uh, we have a chance at a sweep there. And I can say we because I funded the U.S. team. So we is an appropriate term there, just for the record.
1: Are there moments where you feel like you wasted your money?
2: (laughs) There were a couple.
1: I mean, this Olympics has been so crazy that the Netherlands won a short track bronze medal and didn't compete disqualifications crashes they're watching it in the stands are like you're the bronze medalist that's the way to do it no exertion
2: how about that one short track nascar on
1: ice well in south korea they love that sport in america we like football and basketball